This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue in a series called Better Together. In this series, Rick takes us through 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and shows us how to cultivate deep, meaningful relationships with the people around us. In just a few moments, we're going to tell you about a special resource that will help you learn how to love, trust, and work together with your family, friends, and community to achieve God's purpose for your lives. It's called the 40 Days of Community Study Kit. You can take a sneak peek at this great resource, which includes a six-session DVD and study book guide by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word DAILY to 800-600-5004 while you listen to today's message. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part one of a message called Living a Generous Life. Now, the word for community in the Bible is the word fellowship. Fellowship is what we've been talking about for the last five weeks. And the word fellowship in the Bible is a Greek word. It is the word koinonia, koinonia. Let's say it together, koinonia. Now, koinonia is such an important word. It's translated many different ways because like a diamond that has many multiple facets to it, so does fellowship. And in the Bible there, you'll notice on your outline that koinonia is translated as not just fellowship, it's translated as community. I gave you one example. There are a lot more than these. It's translated as participation, koinonia is translated as contribution, and koinonia is translated as generosity. Now, this is important because all four of these are essential elements of fellowship. If you and I are going to have fellowship together, there's got to be a sense of community. There has to be some participation on my part and on your part. There has to be a contribution where I make a contribution into your life and you make a contribution into my life. And there has to be generosity. You cannot have community without generosity. We're generous with our time and with our energy, with our money, with our resources, with all of the different parts of our lives. And so you really can't enjoy community without these other things, participation, contribution, and generosity. Let me show you just a few examples from the Bible. If you look up here on the screen, the first verse is Philippians 4.15. It says, you became my partners in giving. That phrase, partners in giving, is one word in the Greek. It's the word koinonia. Partners in giving is the same word for fellowship. And then in Hebrews 13, 16, keep doing good and sharing your resources. That phrase, sharing your resources, that's the word for community. That's the word for fellowship. It's koinonia. And then the next one, 2 Corinthians 8, 4, they begged us to let them have the joy of giving their money for God's people. And that phrase, joy of giving their money, actually is the word for fellowship. It's the word for koinonia, for community, koinonia. And then one more, 1 Timothy 6.18, be generous and willing to share. And that phrase there, willing to share, is just one word in the original in the Bible. It's the word koinonia. And so you can't have community without generosity. And we can't complete our study of community without looking at how to be more generous with each other. I read this interesting quote this week. Carl Menninger, the famous psychiatrist who founded the world-famous Menninger Psychiatric Clinic, said this, generosity is one of the essential components, essential components of mental health. We have found that generous people are rarely mentally ill. 
generous people are rarely mentally ill. All right, why does God want us to learn to be generous with each other? Well, there are seven wonderful, incredible benefits to my life when God says I'm generous with other people. Here they are. Number one, generosity creates community. Generosity creates community. 2 Corinthians 9 tells us, your generosity not only provides for the needs of God's people, but also produces prayers of thanksgiving to God. When we're generous with each other, we thank God for each other, and we're drawn closer to each other. Randy learned about the connection between generosity and community from his unchurched neighbor. He wrote this. He said, my neighbor asked if he could borrow my ladder. And I said, of course. I later learned that he already had one of his own. He didn't need to borrow my ladder. He just used it as a way to build our relationship. And when he borrowed my stuff, it made me feel that I was needed. And I liked that feeling. I've now learned to do the same thing with my other neighbors. My other neighbor, Randy, has a shop vac, and I borrow it every Friday night to clean my car with my son. In fact, now Roger leaves it out for me. <laughs> I told Roger recently that I could afford to buy my own shop vac, but I just liked the interaction with borrowing his. Roger asked me to please not buy one for myself. You see, he can now see the connection between generosity and community. You see, the Bible says this. Look at the next verse, Matthew 6. Read it with me. Your heart will be wherever your treasure is. In other words, wherever I put my time, my money, my effort, my energy, wherever I invest myself, that's what's going to attract me. My money tends to be a magnet. In other words, if you want to get a heart for Microsoft, buy some stock. It's real simple. The moment you buy some stock in Microsoft, you'll be very interested in that company. The same is true. You want to be interested in the United States of America's economy? Buy some treasury bills. And as the economy goes up and down, you're going to be very interested in the American economy if you're buying treasury bills. You see, wherever you put your time and money, that's where your heart is. That's what Jesus said. So for many of you, your heart is in your boat. That's where you're putting your time and money and energy. Or your heart may be in your home. That's where you're putting your time, your money, and your energy, fixing it up. Or your heart may be in your work. That's where you're putting your time, your money, and your energy. Or it may be in a hobby. That's where you put your time, your money, and your energy. Wherever your treasure is, your heart's going to be there. So anytime I'm generous with you, or I'm generous with the poor, or I'm generous with anybody, with God or anybody, that's where my heart tends to go. And every time I give to God, it draws my heart closer to God. And every time I give to you, it draws my heart closer to you. Giving or generosity creates community. Now, the first Christians were very famous for their generosity. In Acts chapter 4, it tells us, the community of believers shared everything in common. They were a family. They just shared it all. What's mine is yours, and you can share it with me. Now, it was voluntary. It's not communism. Communism says, what's yours is mine, and I'm going to take it. Christianity says, what's mine is yours, and you can share it with me. Now, when you had children or little kids in your home, if you were a parent, did you enjoy watching them share with each other? Of course you did. One of the primary lessons of life, teaching little kids, is learning how to share. And when you would see your kids be unselfish, you're very happy with that. And God is the same way. When God looks down on us and he sees us being generous with each other, he's going, that's my boy. 
That's my girl. They're doing what I want them to do because God is generous and he wants us to become like him. Generosity creates community. Number two, generosity defeats materialism. The more generous I am with you, the more it defeats materialism in my life. Now, would you agree that we live in a culture of materialism? Well, yeah, especially here in Orange County where it's, you know, get all you can, can all you get, sit on the can. <laughs> you know, it's like the goal is to get more and more and more, and just about the time you catch up with the Joneses, they refinance. Or they file bankruptcy, but either way, you know, you never can catch up. And it's like, can I get more? I want more. I got to have more. I got to save more. I got to spend more. And just about the time you think you've got it all, the Christmas catalogs come out. And they tell you about all kinds of things you didn't know you couldn't live without. And so you've got to go out and get more and more. And we do live in a very materialistic culture. I don't know if you know this or not. This was in the paper. Orange County residents make more but give less away. A George Gallup poll survey found that the average Orange County resident gave four-tenths of 1% of income to charity, which was the least generous county in the nation. Now think about this. That's, it was four times worse than the next least generous county. Now, Orange County is the fourth wealthiest county in America and the worst at generosity. In fact, Gallup said this. He said, you know, when it comes to giving, many Orange County residents literally stop at nothing. Seventy <laughs> percent gave less than $500 to charity last year. Now, what's amazing to me is this. In this sea of selfishness, God has planted an oasis of generosity in Saddleback Church. But the fact is, it's tough keeping your priorities right when you're living in a society where it's all about getting. You know, the one with the most toys wins. No, the one with the most toys still dies. You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Rick will be back in just a moment with the rest of today's lesson. You can sign up for Pastor Rick's free email devotional at PastorRick.com. That's PastorRick.com. Pastor Rick says we were never meant to live life alone and that the purposes God has for our lives are best fulfilled together in community. That's why he created the 40 Days of Community Bible Study. In this study, Pastor Rick will take you verse by verse through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is often referred to as the love chapter. He'll teach you how to cultivate deep, meaningful relationships with those around you, and you'll discover how God uses community for your own good and growth. This six-session video and workbook study will show you how you are truly better together. Today, when you give a gift to Daily Hope to help take the love of Jesus to a hurting world, we'll send you the 40 Days of Community Bible Study Kit to say thanks. Just go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy, or you can call 800-600-5004. That's PastorRick.com or call 800-600-5004. And be sure to let us know which station you heard us on. Thank you so much for your support. There's only two days left to get this great resource, so don't wait. Now let's get back to today's lesson here on Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. 
In the sea of selfishness, God has planted an oasis of generosity in Saddleback Church. But the fact is, it's tough keeping your priorities right when you're living in a society where it's all about getting. You know, the one with the most toys wins. No, the one with the most toys still dies. Okay, whether you got it, toys or not. Now, the antidote to materialism, there's only one antidote, it is generosity. The more, every time you're generous, you have a spiritual victory in your heart. Every time you're generous, your heart grows. It doesn't shrink, it grows. Every time you're generous, you break the grip of materialism in your life. Why? Because materialism is all about getting. Get, 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 get. You know? And it is my nature to get and to hold on. And God says, every time you share with a friend, share with your family, share with a neighbor, anytime you, you're, you're generous with anybody, you are breaking the grip and defeating materialism in your life. By the way, that's why you, if you're a parent, you need to have your kids watch you giving. They, they need to see you being generous because they're certainly not going to learn it in schools in Orange County. They're not going to learn it anywhere else. You have to, you're being generous. They just need to see you model it for other, uh, in front of them so that they can learn it too. Now the Bible says this in Matthew 6, 24. You cannot serve both God and money. Would you circle the word cannot? Notice it doesn't say you should not. It says you cannot. It's an impossibility. You can't have two number ones in your life. You can't say making a lot of money is number one in my life and God's number one. One of them has to be number one. You have to choose what's going to be number one. So anytime you're generous with other people, you're creating community with them and you're defeating materialism. Number three, it strengthens my faith. It strengthens my faith. Generosity strengthens my faith. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, 13, your giving proves the reality of your faith. Now, we've talked about this a lot. We talk about 201 class. There are more promises in this book, in the Bible, about giving than promises about any other subject. In fact, God talks more about giving than he does about heaven or hell. Why? Because he wants us to become like him. God is a generous God. You would have nothing in your life. I would have nothing in my life if it weren't for the generosity of God. I wouldn't take my next breath if it weren't for the generosity of God. And so God says, I just want you to learn to be like me. I'm generous with you, and I want you to learn to be like me, to be generous with other people. Now, sooner or later, you have to decide, do I believe all those promises in the Bible? Here's one of them. It's a principle in 2 Corinthians 9. It says this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, you know this principle because it's true in every area of life, that if you give out judgmentalism, if you're judgmental of other people, other people are going to judge you. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. If you're critical of other people all the time, you're picking at them, you're nitpicking, they're going to be critical of you. If you gossip about other people, I can guarantee it, people will gossip about you. If you're envious and jealous of other people, other people are going to be envious and jealous of you. And whatever you give out, you're going to get back. On the other hand, if you are constantly giving out encouragement, and you're sowing affirmation, and you're sowing kindness, people are going to be affirming and encouraging and kind to you. 
And if you sow love and you're loving to other people, people are going to sow love back to you. Whatever you give out in life, you're going to get back. God wired the universe that way. But you get back more than you give. Always. Always. If I take a kernel of corn and I plant it in the ground, I'm not going to get one kernel back. I'm going to get a stock with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kernels. If I take one tomato seed and I plant it in the ground, I'm not going to get one tomato back. I'm going to get a whole ton of tomatoes. And so whatever you give out, you're going to get back in a greater degree. Why? God wants us to learn to be generous. Now, Sooner or later, I have to ask God, ask myself, am I going to trust these promises? Where he says, I'll take care of all your needs if you'll just be generous. And the reason he asked me to do that, because it's the exact opposite of my human nature. It is my nature to amass, to hoard, to stockpile, to accumulate, to get it all myself, and to be fearful and insecure thinking, I can't give away anything. I got to keep it all. Because how will I be taking care of myself? And Jesus said, Life doesn't consist in what you collect, it's what you give. You see, there are two kinds of people in life. There are givers and there are takers. Only two. You're either a giver in life or you're a taker. Takers are always the unhappy ones. You see, it's not by accident the word miser and miserable come from the same Greek word. Miser and miserable. When I am a miser, I will be miserable. The most giving, the most generous people in life are always giving their time, giving their energy, giving their resources, helping other people. They're the happiest people on the planet. And so money actually becomes the acid test of my faith. Am I going to be generous and expect God to keep his promises? See, a lot of people, even believers, when it comes to money, they act like atheists, like, like God isn't there. You know, Bob tells this cute story about his son. He took his son over to McDonald's, and he bought him his little son uh, one of these super-sized French fries. And he said, driving back home, those things smelled so good in the car. Those French fries, that aroma was just wafting over. And he said, I reached over, and I just took one little French fry out of my son's French fries, and I ate it. And my son got all upset and said, Dad, you can't have that one. These are my fries. He said, you know, I immediately had three thoughts. <laughs> he said, first, as I sat there, I thought, my child has forgotten that I am the source of all fries. <laughs> okay. I brought him here. I took him to McDonald's, I made the order, I paid for the order, I handed them to him, I'm driving him back home. He wouldn't have any fries if it weren't for me. The only reason he's got any fries is because of me, the great fry giver. <laughs> he said, the second thing I thought is, my child doesn't realize I could take him away in a second if I wanted to, okay? Or, on the other hand, I could buy him an entire truckload of fries if I wanted to, because I had the power to do either. He said, the third thing I realized is I didn't need his fries. In fact, I could easily get my own. I could buy myself a hundred packs of them if I wanted to. I just wanted him to learn to be unselfish. Now, those three th lessons are the things why God wants you to learn to be generous with other people. Same thing. God says, I want you to remember that I am the source of everything you've got, and you would have zip, nothing, 
You wouldn't even be alive if it weren't for me. I chose to create you, and I've chosen to give you all the things that you've got. It's all from me. Number two, I could take it away from you just like that, or I could double it just like that, because I got the power. And number three, God says, I don't need your fries. I don't need your money. I'm not poor. I just want you to learn to be unselfish. I want you to learn to be generous. I want you to learn, and I want to develop your faith. Now, what happens when I start becoming a more generous person? We'll look at what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, God is able to make it up to you by giving you everything you need and, notice, plenty left over to give joyfully to others. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. If you'd like to receive hope and encouragement every day delivered right to your inbox, then sign up for Rick's free daily devotional by going to PastorRick.com right now. Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first, Pastor Rick says we were never meant to live life alone, and the purposes God has for our lives are best fulfilled together in community. That's why he created the 40 Days of Community Bible Study. In this study, Pastor Rick will take you verse by verse through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is often referred to as the love chapter. He'll teach you how to cultivate deep, meaningful relationships with those around you, and you'll discover how God uses community for your own good and growth. This six-session video and workbook study will show you how we are truly better together. And today, when you give a gift to Daily Hope to help take the love of Jesus to a hurting world, we'll send you the 40 Days of Community Bible Study Kit to say thanks. Just go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy, or you can call 800-600-5004. There's only two days left to get this great resource, so don't wait. That's PastorRick.com or 800-600-5004. And be sure to let us know which station you heard us on. Thanks so much for your support. Here's Rick to tell you about an exciting new opportunity. Jesus told his disciples that they should live their lives according to five specific purposes. He said, you've got to love God with all your heart. That's worship. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's ministry. That's called the great commandment. And then Jesus said, go make disciples, that's evangelism, baptize them into the family of God, that's fellowship, a sign of fellowship. And then he said, teach them to obey everything I've taught you, that's discipleship. And we call that the Great Commission. We believe at Daily Hope that a great commitment to the Great Commandment and the Great Commission will produce a great Christian, a great church, a great company, a great community. You know, I started Daily Hope so I could spread the good news about Jesus, not just across America, but all around the world. And we want people to know that God's Word is filled with hope and truth. And the power that we need to follow Him every day is available to every single one. You know as well as I do that the Word of God changes lives. It's alive, it's active, and it breathes new life and new love into all of our lives. 
So wherever you listen to this, whether you listen on the website, whether you listen on a radio station, or whether you listen through a podcast, you're a part of the Daily Hope family, and I need your help. We could not do this without your support. Now, you know I don't take any funds from this broadcast. We don't have any giant million-dollar donor who's giving big gifts to this. It comes from daily donations from listeners like you. We're 100% listener-funded. Would you continue to pray for this broadcast, and would you continue to support us? And let write to me. Let, let me hear from you. I absolutely love reading the stories that are sent to me. So write me, pray for me, and support this ministry. And God will bless it, and God will bless you, and we'll get to heaven, and we'll thank God for all the people going to be in heaven because you cared. Be sure to join us again next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Daily Hope Ministries and your generous financial support.